Hello, welcome to season one and episode one of my podcast where I'll be discussing various topics like law school, immigration, study tips, and etc. Today, to start off my podcasting journey, I'd like to start off with the topic that not many people hear of it, but it's a very common problem among a certain group of people in America. So, like me, I came to the United States when I was six years old, and I've lived here ever since. So, I know more about America and how it's to live here than I ever will about what it's like to live in India. And when I came here, my parents came on an H1 visa, which is given to specialized, highly skilled people, as they say. They're both in the IT field. And I'm under the visa called the H4 visa, which I'm, which are given to the spouses or the children of H1 holders. So my brother and I were on the H4 visa under my mom's H1 visa. So as long as my mom is able to hold a job here in the United States of America, uh, and she keeps renewing her H1 visa and the visa is granted every time, we are eligible to stay in the United States. So that's problem number one right there. Me and my brother, we've lived here for most of our lives. We barely remember our life in India. And yet, our chances of uh, our chances of living here are all dependent on my mother. And we, we see how this problem here because there's no way that me and my brother could ever even be happy or get adjusted to living in a con- country other than the United States after all this time. So this becomes a problem when it comes to, I guess, college, because when you apply to college, these colleges look at a various amount of things like your GPA, your SAT, ACT scores, and like work experience and stuff like that when you apply for undergraduate. But when you apply for law school, as I am doing right now, they require the LSAT score, good GPA, work experience, leadership positions, extracurriculars, all that jazz. And I have most of it. I have a good LSAT score, I have a good GPA, I have extracurriculars. But the one vital thing that I'm missing is work experience. And there's a reason why I'm missing work experience. Under the law, H4 holders who are the dependents of H-1 visa holders are not eligible to work. In order to work, we have to apply for this thing called the EAD. And currently, I still do not have my green card, which green card qualifies you as a resident of the United States. We applied years ago. It's almost been, yeah, it's been more than 10 years since we applied. And we still haven't gotten it. It's a very lengthy process. So we haven't gotten it. So I am not authorized to work at all. It is illegal for me to hold a job. Like any kind of job. So I'm here doing my very best to get a really good GPA, get good scores, leaders to push students on campus and everything. And yet, because I am not eligible to work and I'm not allowed to work and it could land me in serious trouble... And whoever employs me, if I did work, I have a gaping gap in my resume 
that it doesn't show that I don't have work experience. Yes, I can volunteer, but I can't exactly volunteer at, let's say, Goldman Sachs or Bank of America because I'm a finance student, so I can't really get the relevant work experience I need. So when, as I'm applying, the one reason I'm getting turned down a lot, despite everything else being amazing, is, again, work experience. And I'm not the only one in this situation. Many of my friends, many people, they're in this exact same situation where they're on the H-4 visa, and they're not allowed to work, and it really stifles or stifles their opportunities in life. So that's like the problem of being on H-4 visa when it comes to applying for colleges and stuff like that. So the second thing comes comes up when 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 a child turns 21, they are no longer eligible to to be claimed as a dependent of an H-1 visa. So once I turn 21, I'm going to have to switch visas. And most generally, that is going to be switching to an F-1 visa, which is a student visa that international students have. So again, that's just, just for me, it's very like confusing and it's a bit frustrating because I lived here. This is like, I consider Texas my home. And it can be very frustrating because I, I rarely... Um, think of myself as an Indian. I appreciate my culture and where I came from, but I don't really consider myself an Indian, considering how little I actually live there. So all that aside, the problem comes up when if I turn 21 and I'm no longer under my parents' visa and I'm on an H1 visa or some other visa and my parents become eligible to get their green card, not eligible, my parents get their green card, I am no longer able to get green card either. If I'm under 21, I'm still under my parents' visa, then yes. I can't, if my parents get their green card, I get my green card. And then after five years, I'm eligible to take the citizenship test. But the moment I turn 21 and I have to go on to a separate visa, and if my parents get it, then it's useless because I'm not, I'm not going to be able to get it. And I'm going to have to repeat the same process that my parents have over 10 years ago. So... And that comes, I guess, to the third problem. Third problem is there's nothing. It's a. It's just a problem that exists for like immigrants in general. The immigration process and system in the United States is very difficult and arduous, and it's very lengthy. Um, the country, the United States, currently has quotas on countries. So, which means that. They're, they're only allowed to hand out a certain number of green cards per country per year. So as countries like China and India have a lot of immigrants coming in from those two countries, like for Indian and Chinese citizens, it's a, it's a much longer wait to get their green cards. I have had friends who came to the United States years after I did, and yet they got their green card and have become waited their five years and become citizens because they come from countries where there are not a lot of immigrants. And I see the merits in this system. But again, it gets frustrating uh, when it's like I've lived here for most of my life and yet I still don't have it. As one can tell, it, it can get pretty frustrating and I get annoyed a lot. But it is what it is. So that is another major problem. There's been various bills passed 
from the House that have been rejected from the Senate to get rid of the country quota. But there's also the worry that if you get rid of the country quota, like a lot of professions, like there's a lot of nurses that come from um, Southeast Asia. If you take if you take away the country quotas, then that might limit um, the um, sought after or like essential profession professionals like nurses to like that will limit their ability to get a green card. So there's that. So as long as much as I want people to get rid of the country quota, it is hard because there are other consequences to that other than just me being able to get my sought after green card. So these are just a few of the problems that we face and immigrants face. And I do consider myself lucky because I did not flee from my country. I'm not being persecuted. So again, I my parents came here for a better life and for better educational opportunities for my family, for their kids. So I really appreciate that. And at the end of the day, I think I am going to become an American citizen. I know that it's going to happen either 5, 10 years or 15 years from now. And I'm willing to wait. And I do hope that in the coming years, there'll be more of a firm reform on the immigration side of things. And it's it's hard because I'm fortunate enough to be able to go through this process of renewing passports, visas and stuff every couple years, every three to five years. And it's a very expensive process. And I'm very lucky that I am able to do that. But there are people that are fleeing from their countries in in hopes of safety that are not able to do this and they're having to resort to illegal means to get into the country and it's a sad situation so i do hope that in the coming years that there will be reform in the immigration side or there'll be a better way or better system of making sure that the people that live in this country and the call this country call this country their home are able to become residents and citizens of this country so a bit of a heavy topic to start off with for the first episode but thank you guys for listening to my podcast i hope you guys found it informational about and i hope you guys have a new perspective on what a group of immigrants go through and it's just my way of sharing something that not a lot of people know of but Thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for episode two dropping next week. Have a nice day, y'all. Bye.